Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody. Let's go and talk some ACC football this hour or a little bit. We'll see how long it goes. We want to uh, invite you to all join us in the chat room as we uh, take a look at all the games and teams from this past weekend. Take stock in the league. Um, take a look at where Wake Forest may be ranked uh, in the rankings as we do this show live on Tuesday at uh, lunch hour, 1 p.m. Central, uh, where this will put uh, potentially um, Wake in the standings tonight, the playoff standing. We'll take a look at the conference races, the game-by-game breakdowns, and uh, some coaching um, situations to look at. Is coaches taking themselves off the hot seat, uh, of the hot seat or – um, some may have, some may have not. A reminder of a couple of things. You can check us out uh, on uh, LandryFootball.com. That is the hub to find everything. It's really simple. Uh, we give you a lot of information. Everything's on Landry Football. So we've got a podcast for every conference. Uh, you can find it at LandryFootball.com. You can go click on it, listen to it if you want to hear it at your leisure. If you want to join us, you can uh, live, and we encourage you to do that inside the chat room. Do that. Ask your questions. You can find us on LandryFootball.com. Follow Chris on Twitch. Sign up for Twitch, and then you'll get notified when we're going live, and you can join us there. But we understand you're busy, and you may want to listen to it in a podcast form. We are in the process of, um, as we finish up the season, and a reminder that we only have four weeks left, including this weekend, to wrap up this season. Um, and we're going to be headed towards conference championship games. And kind of the plan, and we're going to see where things go. Uh, we're going to see where the, the level of interest that you have for this show and others will determine whether we keep it or we make make some changes. We're not going to go away, but... We may do some things a little differently. We may put some behind the paywall. We may not do some. It just really depends upon your interest. So it's the best way to let us know whether you're interested in these shows or not, whether a more generic national college show is what you'd prefer. Um, always like your feedback. You can always uh, send that here uh, in the chat room. You can always send an email over at LandryFootball.com. But we appreciate you joining us. All the detailed film room breakdowns of the college and NFL scene over at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you do check that out. Um, You can also get all the latest inside information uh, as well. 
on the NFL. Uh, trade deadline day, a lot of stuff going on. So check that uh, all out. Um, as we head to the playoff rankings tonight, the unveiling, the initial one tonight, the question is going to be where is Wake Forest going to be ranked? Um, and whether they can make it or not. I mean, I think that's the question. I don't think they're going to go unbeaten, but let's just go into the scenario for a second because they are undefeated at this point. Um, if they go unbeaten, what are their chances of making it? And they're not really good. I said on the Big Ten show a little bit earlier, I said it on yesterday's Scouts Eye on College Football. I do think that um, – the teams that control their their path are Georgia, Alabama, and Oklahoma, regardless of how it looks. If they went out, they're in. I think Michigan State, unlikely as it is that they run the table, would also be in that category. But I see that as a distinct um, – what is the correct wording? Distinct unlikelihood? It's, I don't think it's going to happen. Ohio State, if they win out, I will fall just short of saying they completely 100% control their path, but I think they do to a degree. And here's what I will repeat what I said. If they are impressive and do their job, I think that they have a good chance of staying ahead of Oregon. But they may need a little help. Oregon may be losing a second game. Look, if Oregon wins out and wins the Pac-12 title. And the only loss is to Stanford. Mo- Joe Moorhead wasn't there. And you didn't have a healthy Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think you can look at that and say, and if, if Oregon is really impressive and they're, you know, 11-1 uh, and one and then go 12-1 and one, win the, the conference championship game and do it impressively. And somehow Ohio State wins, but they struggle in a winning effort, they could pass Ohio State. I could see that. But I think all everybody else needs help. And I think that Oregon, Michigan State, would, in, uh, excuse me, Oregon, Michigan State, and Cincinnati would be ahead. But again, if you're awake, if you're unbeaten, you're likely going to move ahead of, say, a Michigan and a Notre Dame, and I don't know where Wake's going to be rated as it relates to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame will probably be higher. Notre Dame will not get in. I don't think Wake's going to get in. If they win the conference championship, if they're impressive and they're not real impressive on defense, it would cause a lot of people to have to fall. I do think, again, Oregon could lose. Um but Oklahoma would have to lose a couple. Cincinnati would be ranked ahead of them. You know that you're going to have at least one team from the SEC, if not two. But if you've got one, you've got Oklahoma, you've got the Big Ten champ, you've got Cincinnati. I don't see a path at all for Wake. And certainly there's no one outside of Wake in the ACC that would even get consideration. Do you know that in the years that we've had, the college football playoff rankings. Every single ranking of every week of every year has had Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson 
in the top 25. They've all been in the top 25 every single ranking of every year. That will end tonight is Clemson won't be in the top 25. So it'll be just Alabama, Ohio State. So that's how I I, uh, I kind of see it playing out. In terms of the conference race, it's certainly Wake and NC State, and I think it's going to come down to that. And I think a 6-2 and two NC State team has an outstanding chance of playing with and potentially beating Wake. Wake has not looked impressive in their wins, but they've got North Carolina this week in what is a unique game in that this is a non-conference game, but it means every bit as much as a conference game because their only chance is to have just everybody fall apart in front of them and they win out and then hope. But they've got to win and probably impressively against NC State. They're probably going to have to not just beat Clemson, but they're going to have to decisively beat them in a way that people will say, you know, Georgia couldn't score many points on Clemson, but look, Wake just scored 40 on Clemson. It would have to be something like that. And then uh, BC is certainly winnable. So I think that, and then certainly would have to beat a Pitt team and probably beat them decisively. And Pitt uh, has lost to Miami, as as NC State has. So it is not really impressive looking for Wake, and it's mainly due to their defense. Every time I watch Wake play, I think, what if they had Kenneth Walker? It would certainly help their defense out a great deal. Um, It is NC State-Wake that, again, I think is going to be the key matchup. Um, They're the team's – that's games next week on the 13th. Clemson's not out of it, and I wouldn't rule them out because of the fact that Wake and NC State could easily lose a couple of games the rest of the way. Pitt doesn't have anything locked up in the Coastal. You got 6-3 and three Virginia that's looking every bit as bad defensively as Wake is, if not worse. And yet, Pitt, because they couldn't handle prosperity against Miami, was having a hard time putting it away there. Um, they should represent the Coastal. They've got Duke this week. Carolina, which won't be easy. Virginia, which is going to score a lot of points. And Syracuse. So we'll see how the rest of it plays out in terms of the conference races. As far as uh, this the power ranking, let's take a look at it um, and how I see it right now. And I'll break it down by division this week. Um, I put Wake, then I put, you know, NC State. And it was a bounce-back win for NC State over Louisville. But, you know, that's kind of how it plays out. Then it's Clemson. Um, they turned around the FSU game. Then, then it's Louisville, Syracuse, and then probably FSU. Uh, maybe some positives, but still not there. In the Coastal, it's Virginia behind Pitt. Um, disappointing loss to Miami. Miami would be third. Look, is Miami season's not over. Do they finish strong? Do they save? Look, I think that they're playing hard for Manny Diaz. Do they save his job? I don't know. Do you trust going forward his ability to fix it? They're playing hard. 
They're not playing smart. They're not playing consistent. But you see Miami's potential in a couple of those wins against NC State and Pitt. Uh, Virginia Tech stopped the bleeding with a win over Georgia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech look rudderless at this point. Virginia Tech's got a little bit more, you know, a little bit more time put into it. And I think that there's a likely change there. We'll see. In North Carolina struggled, particularly defensively. Um, I want to, you know, end this with with some coaching discussions because I think Duke's been clearly the worst-looking team inside the conference. We've talked a lot about Virginia Tech um, and the probability that Justin Fuente is gone. We will see how Miami finishes. I think it's about buy out there and, and probably how he finishes. Syracuse playing a little bit better. Do they make a move and get somebody that can finish recruiting, uh, 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 that then can do a better job finishing and recruiting um, than Dino has? I don't like the future with Dino, but I don't know how much better they can get. But the, the one job that's not being talked about publicly that I've talked about a little bit, I do not. I think this is the last year for David Cutcliffe. I sense it. I feel it. Um, it seems rudderless. It seems lost. It seems directionless. It seems like this is not something that's going to be turned around. It's not something this year or in the future. I don't really see it. So I, I expect that we could see an active year. I think Virginia Tech and Duke, I feel certain about. I think Miami's very possible, and I think Syracuse is still possible depending on how they finish things out. Um, I would start to be concerned about Scott Satterfield at Louisville. I don't think that they feel that he's bought into that program long-term. Would Scott consider moving even for a lateral move to get ahead of things? I don't know. Before it looks bad and before his reputation is damaged too much. I don't think it's unfair at all to begin to question Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. Things have not progressed there. I don't know that. You know, I will say this. If he survives, it better be really positive next year. It really better show. I don't look at that and say, you know, Jeff has come out and talked about a lot of the positives that he sees in the program. And I see some of it. I don't see as many of it as he does. So I think it could be a very, very big transition year inside the league. Let's take a look at um, the game balls. Again, Sam Hartman, another game ball. The bright spot and the bright future that is Syracuse is Sean Tucker. Kids from Owings Mill, Maryland, has just been outstanding again. Um, I think Trey Turner had a great week for Virginia Tech, the receiver there from Greensboro, North Carolina. I thought Zach Tom played very well. Left tackle from Wake Forest. He's from Prairieville, Louisiana. He's done a really, really good job there. Miles Murphy, the Southmore defensive end from Marietta, Georgia, uh, done a very good job. Jermaine Johnson, the senior defensive end from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, done very good. Um, the linebacker, Drake Thomas, um, from uh, Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina, who's at NC State's 
did a really good job. And I thought that James William, the freshman um, senior from Miami out of Fort Lauderdale, did a, done a really good job. So, um, And I think Tyler Van Dyke, good future there. We'll get into him, the Miami freshman quarterback uh, uh, from Connecticut. Really good. Let's take a look at um, – we like to take a look at Notre Dame um, a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit about Notre Dame and how they looked in North Carolina. I thought Sam Howell played well for North Carolina. Um, looked, you know, like we expected him to look most of the year. I thought he was good under pressure. Uh, he was five for six for 99 yards on 11 dropbacks in which uh, Notre Dame blitz. But it's the defense that struggled and continues to struggle. For North Carolina, Notre Dame's offense had its best performance of the season. Um, thought did a really good job there. Um, the overall defensive grade was um, for North Carolina was um, was the worst I think we've seen in a few years. Jack Cohen kind of really tore them apart. Uh, they got the ball out of Cohen's hands pretty quickly, and it worked well. Thought they really attacked North Carolina's linebackers and safeties with a lot of success. Um, thought Josh Downs uh, continued to to move the ball very well. Um, I thought uh, they really did a good job. Notre Dame did of, of making a lot of uh, plays after the run. Um, you know. Notre Dame really ran the football well. They caught it and ran well after the catch. North Carolina's tackling was really poor. From the Irish standpoint, um, I thought it was the most complete uh, rushing performance of the year by them. I thought Kyron Williams was outstanding. I thought Logan Diggs did a really good job um, chipping in. Uh, they averaged seven point yards a carry really controlled this game with their run offense. I thought it, it allowed Jack Cohen and Bushner to play really well. I thought there was some key drops. Lorenzo Styles um, um, you know, uh, uh, had a couple of drops there, but I thought overall they played well. Davis had five receptions, was targeted six times. Tight end Michael Mayer wasn't as efficient as he normally is. The offensive line just allowed just one sack. They converted on 5-11 on third downs. It was really a good passing game effort that was spearheaded by their run game success. Um, they didn't do a good job defending Sam Howell in the run game. Um, but I thought, you know, Howell had like 100 yards, 31-yard touchdown run. Uh, Ty Chandler you know, ran the football very well. So they didn't do a good job defending the run. Without Kyle Hamilton, the communication on the back end was a problem. I, I just think that Brian Kelly and his staff doesn't get enough credit for how well they coach and how well they they manage to keep things on track even when the parts are missing. Um, Sam Howell had some success against his past defense. Um Josh Downs plays well week in and week out. He did it again. They had 341 yards total passing, but 132 came after the catch. Tackling was really poor by Notre Dame. Only one pass breakup. Uh, If it wasn't for the coaching performance and um, the the run game performance, it was a big difference. I thought that um, if you look at 
Brian Kelly. He's 50-9 and nine over his last 59 games. They've defeated 39 straight opponents when scoring at least 30 points and extended their win streak over unranked teams to 38. Uh, of those 50 victories, 36 have been by double digits. So they're playing um, their best offense of the year while the defense continues to find itself. Um, you know, it's you've, when you look at the program, if you put them in the ACC, clearly Notre Dame has been the most consistent. And I know Clemson has been the best at the high mark, but but consistency, Notre Dame year in and year out pretty much gets it done. Duke Wake, um, slow starts continue to kill Duke. It was, again, it was a problem. Um, you know, I, I think that um, offensively you see some spurts by Duke, but just not enough there. Um, you know, I think the, the defense gets into some trouble when they get behind. Wake Forest converted 12 of 18 third downs for the game. It was 28 nothing at the half, and, you know, Wake was pouring it on, and it was never never a chance. Never really a chance for this Duke team. Um, look, if you look at this offense, Wake can score, and they can score against a lot of people. Uh, Kayshawn Williams has played well. Um, you know, they're good with their RPOs. They really sell their RPOs well, and uh, they work the crossing routes. As, um, they, do, they do a really good job there, and it's about, to me, about what can their offense do to get stops. And I don't think it gets good teams that they can. I think they can win out. But, you know, I do think that there'll be some a couple of challenges the rest of the way, as I've mentioned. Miami Pitt, again, I, I want to give a lot of credit to Miami. Tough win, second straight win. They beat, you know, uh, 18th-ranked NC State the week before, 17th-ranked against Pitt. And you're thinking with your Miami fan is, why can't you be a little bit more consistent? Fair criticism, fair question. Tyler Van Dyke is maybe somebody that they found. Can they sell that as something into the future? Let's take us some of the positives. Jalen Knighton has played well at running back. Zion Nelson on the offensive line has graded out well in the past game. I think Zach McLeod has done some good things. I think Jared Williams on the offensive line, he showed some ability as a pass protector. Keyshawn Smith has been pretty effective as a receiver. DeAndre Johnson has played very, very well. I think James Williams, the true freshman, somebody asked about true freshman in the last show. He's a true freshman that would, would go into the mix as one of the better true freshmen that's played well. Tyreek Stevenson. The corner has played very well. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke uh, has played very, very well. Xavier um, Restrepo has, has done a very good job. So all a lot of positives that you can build on with your Miami. The key that you've got to ask there is, can they develop some consistency that Manny's not been able to do? Can they do it with someone else? Can Manny make the right changes? Again, as I've talked about when, say, Nebraska is going to have to evaluate Scott Frost, Miami's going to have to evaluate Manny Diaz and say, hey, can, does Manny have the answers to fix it and do they trust him to do it and to get it done uh, and have the right answers? And then, you know, uh, who can do a better job? You've got to make those decisions. Um, Pickett did a really good job overall, but they've got to play more consistently around them. 
They didn't have a lot of success throwing deep against Miami, despite the fact that they have 500 yards. Um, going 20-plus yards, Pickett was only 3 of 7, uh, 81 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, you know, uh, when not pressured, he wasn't. He was was pretty effective, but under pressure, um, he was he struggled some, and it wasn't the same. And defensively, weren't able to get stops against a young quarterback. Uh, it tells me again, Pitt, like West Wake Forest, got problems getting stops on defense. Great quarterback play, explosive passing games, but they can't get stops. Well, let's stay on the same theme and let's go to Virginia. Virginia's still in it, and if you're talking about MVPs of the conference, I mean, you can look at Sam Hartman. I mean, you can look at Kenny Pickett, but I'm not sure those guys are going to get more great, more uh, higher grades than Brendan Armstrong, the quarterback at Virginia. Was outstanding, has been outstanding, continues to be outstanding, but speaking of can't stop anybody, that's Virginia's defense, and that was the case in this unbelievably but frustrating-looking BYU-Virginia game. Neither one of these teams could get a stop, and it literally was every series you could score. I mean, it was like two minutes left in the half, and you felt like there were going to be three more scores before the halftime. Awful defense, good performances on offense. Um, You can sum it up that way. And I, I see this as... What defense can get stops? I think Clemson's defense will still fight you. That's about it, and yet they can't score on offense. A lick. Uh, for Virginia Tech, they get a win over Georgia Tech. Malachi Thomas, Thomas has changed the offense two straight weeks, a consistent 100-yard performances. The freshman running back has been really good. Um, don't know if it's enough to – to get this team another year. We'll see. It's still possible he can save his job, but we're probably going to need to finish uh, finish well. Trey Turner, I thought, did a good job making some big plays. The fourth-year wideout caught some, like uh, seven passes, 187 yards. I thought he really did a good job. Uh, the defense did enough to get out with a win. Uh, Alan Tisdale, the linebacker, was fairly effective. The offense shut the door. And the losses to Notre Dame and Syracuse and Virginia Tech, the offense had opportunities to end the game by getting a first down or two on offense. Uh, they did it. They did it here. Um, they're not able to do it consistently enough. It, it, the win makes everybody feel better. But, boy, I, I you know, we're going to see where things go from here. For Georgia Tech, you know, this, is, this game was kind of a where our two teams are. Um, Jeff Sims struggled. Um, played poorly. The running backs did not play well. The receivers did not play well. The offensive line was worse in where all of this started. The big sack and a big fumble that was a big changing effect in this game. I thought the offense was awful. I didn't think the secondary played well. I thought the linebackers played better than any group out on the field. Quez Jackson, A.C. Lee, both played fairly well, but it's because their defensive line did not play well. They couldn't pressure and develop any consistent pressure up front. I thought the defense was poor. The offense was poor. Special teams were average. The kickoffs were good. Really poor job. Really poor job, and I'm really concerned about this Georgia Tech program. I would say that I'm maybe more concerned about their future 
than I am with, say, Florida State's. Let that sink in. Florida State played Clemson well. They played, had opportunities to pull off what would have been a big upset for them, even in Clemson's current state. Their defense played well enough to win the game, even though Clemson's offense scored more points than they have at any point. A uh, few missed tackles in the first half cost them. Multiple turnovers. Look, they a long way to go. Jordan Travis, I like this kid's heart. like this kid's determination. He can't make enough plays in the passing game. They've got to get better. Clemson lo- loaded the box and brought pressure most of the night, and they could handle it. Couldn't handle it. Um, look, I, I think that the defense didn't play great in the first half, allowed 17 points, but the second half they only allowed one touchdown. Did a poor job of stopping the run. Will Shipley is someone that uh, could pose problems, I thought. And the defense forced three turnovers. Had several possessions, forced punts. Clemson converted only four 14 third-down attempts. But it has a lot to do with Clemson. But give some credit to FSU here. For Clemson, um, there's a lot. And I'm going to have you check into the Landry football uh, website and the details. Uh, I thought there was some promise on offense in the first half, but because, you know, Virginia Tech's defense, we need to take a look at it. I thought Will Shipley was a positive. Uh, I think DJU's confidence level shot, but I thought he's played a little bit better in stretches. Not good on on third downs. This is still a team that's really struggling. So I want to get you a chance to take a look at it over at Landry Football for more detail. BC has really struggled. Uh, Syracuse is playing better. Uh, BC's offense has sputtered for the fourth straight week. Uh, the quarterback has been a problem with the injury. The running back position didn't grade all that well. The receivers and the tight ends were pretty average. The offensive line has really struggled. It's been a real surprise. That the defense, defensive line did not grade out well. The linebackers were solid. thought the secondary did a good job. For Syracuse, give a shout-out to their offensive line. I thought that um, – Considering the injuries with the Villatora and Tisdale, they've actually played pretty well. I thought the defensive performance stepped up, did a good job, and I thought Sean Tucker and the three touchdown surge in the third quarter really gave them both uh, a boost. And I think Sean has really saved this team, maybe of saying Tino's job for another year. Thought the special teams played well, but they did a pretty good job in the bye week for Louisville and NC State. Louisville, uh, the negative takeaways is that the the you know, the defense. Um, I thought that the credit needs to be given to the defense coordinator Brian Brown. Called a good game, wasn't blitz heavy, but he kept them in the game. I thought that was enough there to open up as a positive, give them a chance. But there's just not a whole lot there offensively, and I'm worried a little bit about this Louisville program. NC State, I thought they had a good fourth quarter that came alive. They were all ugly. This team, you know, plays up and down, but I thought they settled a little bit. I thought Drake Thomas and Tanner Engel came up big in this game, made big plays. Um, you know, I thought they uh, they did a good job with the spy look on Malik Cunningham, made enough big plays. Look, they're pack, uh, the Packer going to a bowl game, but can they win out? That's going to be key um, going forward here. So uh, looking at this week's matchups, um, we got Virginia Tech, BC, and what is kind of a must-win for Justin Fuente. Louisville, Clemson, Clemson needs it in a big way. <clears throat> Pitt can certainly take care of business against Duke. NC State, same thing against Wake Forest, needs it. 
Georgia Tech, I don't like their chances against Miami. Look, they might be able to save Manny Diaz's job with another win here, a lot of momentum. Wake, uh, I think, certainly um, will score a bunch of points against this North Carolina defense. Uh, we'll see if they can come up with any stops. And then, of course, Syracuse in Virginia with buys this week. So check out all the detailed breakdowns of all of these games as well as every other game around the country over at LandryFootball.com. Hey, we appreciate you joining us, and we uh, we hope that you spread the word. And I want to tell you about my good friends over at The Daily Tip. If you're into sports betting, you know just how quickly the lines can change. And when you got a lot riding on those odds, it pays to stay ahead of the curve. So before placing your bets, Listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM for the best betting analysis and information. They're fun, informative, and extremely helpful. A lot can change between last night's games and today's odds. The Daily Tip gives you an early look at all the angles. The hosts, Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messinger, break down the big takeaways and make sure you know everything you need to bet smarter. With featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey Insiders, and BetMGM experts, you always get a fresh take on the action. Your friends will be wondering what you know that they didn't. Not that you have to tell them where you heard it. As much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Ready to bet with an edge? Tune into the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Odyssey, Spotify, or wherever uh, you is located on your favorite podcast app. Hey, appreciate you joining us. Check us over at LandryFootball.com. For all the latest film room breakdowns, we've got the latest on NFL trade deadline day, all the latest news and notes from around college football, all the breakdowns, the recaps inside the film room, as well as the um, the NFL, as well as uh, beginning tomorrow and Thursday, in particular and Friday, the breakdowns of the upcoming games. Got it all for you at LandryFootball.com, the one-stop shopping football website for you. So check it out today. We appreciate you joining us. Talk to you later today at 4 p.m. Central Time for Scout's Eye on Pro Football. Appreciate you. So long, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.